Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's continue, though, with this national story of dissent within the Conservative Party of Canada. And uh, Senator Denise Batters, the Conservative senator, urging Conservatives to participate on a petition calling for an early leadership review for Aaron O'Toole. Mr. O'Toole not taking very kindly to that and expelling the senator from the Conservative caucus. However, she's not been expelled from the uh, Senate Conservative caucus. There are a lot of moving parts here, including the east-west, west-east-west, uh, Western Canada division from Central Canada. We talked with Professor Bratt about a few minutes ago. My good friend, Michael Tobe, columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, contributor to the National Post and the Washington Times, who was, of course, a speechwriter to former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, who we talked about, is very knowledgeable about the goings-on within the Conservative Party of Canada. Michael, this is more than just the Conservative Party of Canada. This is a national issue. It's got people's attention, and it's more than just a food fight within the Conservative Party. You wrote about it in your piece in the National Post. Yeah, correct. I did. And yes, it, it is far more than a food fight. It has the potential to be uh, pretty damaging overall, not just for the Conservative Party, but for the Canadian Conservative movement as well, depending on what happens. And look, I mean, the particulars I'm sure you've gone through on your show, I mean, you know, the summary point, obviously, Aaron O'Toole, since the election has, well, ended roughly two months ago, has been under fire and under attack from different aspects and different parts of the Conservative Party and Conservative activists based on frustration they felt with the way that he either ran his campaign or the fact that, as Senator Denise Batters pointed out, she, she and others felt that he just flip-flopped on policies all the time to the point where it was almost impossible to distinguish what was the Conservative Party's message each day. And whatever the interpretation is, obviously there are a lot of people, especially after an election which for the second straight time in three years looked winnable for the Conservative Party, but in the end turned out not to be for a lot of reasons that we obviously don't have to go through. We've all parsed through it and we understand it by now. Anyway, the long story short, Denise Batters, you know, a very intelligent, thoughtful woman, lawyer from Saskatchewan, has been a senator for about eight years. She basically said that there should be a leadership review within six months to determine Mr. O'Toole's future. And if he passes it, that's fine. And if not, they have to move forward. And within a couple of days, or as we know, um, Aaron O'Toole basically lowered the boom on Denise Batters and basically turfed her out of the Conservative caucus, although we have since found out that she is actually still part of the Conservative Senate caucus, which I don't know about you, Roy. I thought she was naturally out of as well, but clearly that's not the case. And it just means that, unfortunately, within the Conservative Party right now, there are a lot of divisions. There are a lot of angry people. Aaron O'Toole and his senior advisors advisors are furious. And there are others who are just sitting, waiting to see what would happen and to see if, if there is any sort of a leadership review in any period of time, which... As I said in my post piece, I don't think it's necessary now. I think the best move is to coalesce around Mr. O'Toole and move the party back to fiscally conservative positions for, you know, smaller government, lower taxes, more individual rights and freedoms, et cetera, et cetera. Because to me, if you just have a revolving door for the leadership, as we've seen with Andrew Scheer previously, who's lasted about two years, and then Mr. O'Toole only goes slightly past one year, it just doesn't look good on the conservative party and the, par- the party that benefits the most from all this nonsense and aggravation behind the scenes, 
is obviously Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Liberals who can twiddle their thumbs and say, well, look, if the Conservatives can't take care of their own house, how could they ever leave the country? And that's yeah, I received a number of emails uh, for people making essentially the same point, Michael, that what Mr. O'Toole did to them was the equivalency to what Justin Trudeau did to female members of his caucus who annoyed him. Let's just say annoyed him. Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, Jane Philpott, Selena Caesar Chavan, all have been on, on, on Jane Philpott. Has, was, I got into a debate with her about opioids one day, but other than that, she hasn't been on the show. But um, Ms. Caesar Chavan and certainly Jody Wilson-Raybould spent time with us on the air. And they, these listeners are drawing an equivalency and saying, well, Tool's not going to help himself with this move because he's making us think of Jody Wilson-Raybould, Jane Philbot, and Selena Caesar Chavan. You know, unfortunately, I understand what people are saying, but I can't draw a straight line to that, Roy. That's very apples and oranges to me. Um, it Certainly, it shows that the leader, that being Justin Trudeau on the liberal side and, and Aaron O'Toole on the conservative side, it shows that they don't have control of certain things, that they don't control the message, and that there are a lot of decisions, discussions, controversies, and other things that you know, the leader may have caused or others may have caused or both may have caused at the same time that are guiding the parties in different directions. But I think with Aaron O'Toole, it comes the argument is more towards what does conservatism stand for today, both in the modern sense of the word and the Canadian sense, and what direction the Canadian conservatives wish to go under. I don't think that Aaron O'Toole ran, quite frankly, a bad campaign. Would it be the sort of campaign I would have run? No. Would it have been the campaign that my old friend and boss Stephen Harper would have run? No. But it was a respectable campaign that brought out some of the virtues that conservatives believe in. But unfortunately, at the same time, to win votes left other things behind where, and I've talked about this with you and others, it became basically a forum for every single party on the left and the right to raise their hand with spending procedures and say, look, I'll spend even more on this than they will. And that doesn't distinguish the conservative party from the liberals or from anybody else. Ergo, a return to fiscal conservatism and the priorities that have guided the Canadian conservative movement for several decades, to me, is the better way. And if Aaron O'Toole can reestablish that foothold, not walk away from it, but still bring in some of the priorities and concepts that he wants, such as better relations, for example, between the conservatives and the working class, then I think you can actually build a foundation for a strong united conservative party. Well, we, we will see what what I said what I said to a friend of mine the other day and I want to talk to you about soccer in a sec because we only you know we have 10 minutes. I wish we had more time with you but we have 10 minutes. Uh what, what I said to a friend of mine was it makes me nostalgic the conservative side of me and I'm not a mem- I'm not a member of a political party. I've never been a fan of a political party. I have a personal philosophy, it's very different to uh, being a fan of a political party. Uh, makes me nostalgic for Stephen Harper. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to cost me some listeners, I know. <laughs> well, it's not going to cost me as one of your guests. But yes, I, I know that. And yeah, I, I can understand why people say that. And believe me, not to toot my own horn, I've been asked this so many times, Roy. I'm sure you've discussed in the past. Other guests have brought it up. Let's uh, Once again, I, I hate repeating myself, but I'll say it again. While I wouldn't be the first person to hear of Stephen Harper's return to politics, I would be far from the last. And trust me, he's not coming back. And the nostalgia that we have for it, we can still utilize certain components of Stephen Harper's guidance, leadership, intelligence, and philosophy 
in the Conservative Party, and it never completely went away. Andrew Scheer had elements of it, and believe it or not, and I'm sorry if you lose some listeners over this, Aaron O'Toole had some of it too, which is basically an incremental conservatism to balance out ideas and concepts so that people don't believe that the conservatives are just rushing in, tearing things apart and shredding the society at large, but bringing in small C conservative values that help, you know, reduce our taxes, help families, etc. So nostalgia aside, it can still be retained. Harper's happy to hear his name mentioned, obviously, when it comes to the conservative movement and conservative party. But there's now new leadership, and we have to go in that road. Full cycle on this. Uh, I don't think uh, Mr. O'Toole handled this situation with Senator Batters uh, skillfully. Not at all. And I think he was already in a weak position when this occurred. Now, I've got 60 seconds here. Okay. You and I are both soccer fans. Yep. I grew up playing the game as a kid in Europe before I started playing North American sports and mm-hmm. transferred my allegiance uh, to uh, to North American sports. But that game the other night in Edmonton, in that deep freeze, Canada, Mexico, man, I was out of my chair. Yeah, it was a great game. I mean, look, Alphonse Davies, we know. This this kid is not just a superstar. Now he's going to be a superstar in the future. He has real talent. And look, right now, Canada is undefeated in the tournament. And the top three, as we know, the top three teams, top three countries, make it into the World Cup next year in Qatar. And I think right now Canada has a very solid chance of getting through. They played extremely well against a Mexican side who has made many World Cups in the past and has lots of good players. What it's showing is that Canadian soccer is really building and is getting stronger as time goes along. But the real key, as you and I talked about this off, uh, you know, off air, is whether Canada can actually get past the group stage and get into the playoffs at all. And that's always been their well, that's been the albatross in their neck. They've never been able to get through it. They've struggled to score goals, to win, etc. This might be the first team to have a real shot at it. But if they go into like a group of death or something like that, I don't know how much further they would go on. Yeah, not 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 that. But if they if they got some of the uh, teams that just squeaked into Qatar uh, as in their group, they oh might God, be yeah. able to get out of a group like that. They they look really really good. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.